Welcome to NetFront Presence. We're back. I'm Jeff Gordon, the Post Dispatch, joined by the beat reporters Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman. Hockey is upon us, uh, JT. So let's uh, let's just go back a week, though, before we talk about what happened in Traverse City, and uh, discuss the uh, the Twinsy contract that uh, Jordan Cairo got. You know, he is now Twinsies with Robert Thomas. They're the two guys are going to build around going forward. Uh, no surprise, JT, but uh, something they had to get done. Yeah, and uh, uh, you know Doug Armstrong is usually pretty open about what his priorities are. And after uh, Thomas signed in mid July, he said uh, that like the the day that signing was announced, he said that Cairo is next in line. And so uh, took a little bit. I think Armstrong took a little vacay, but uh, they got going on that thing, and he, he knew the contracts were going to be similar. I mean, these two guys have been joined at the hip since juniors, but that it was exactly the same contract uh, Tommy and I were joking on the sign. They all they had to do is get an eraser, erase Thomas's <laughs> name on the contract, writing Jordan Cairo and say, and say here. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of money, but you look at some of the other contracts being signed by younger players. And it's, uh, it's very much the, uh, the way of the world, the cap isn't going to go up uh, maybe a million dollars next year, but I think the anticipation is after that, it'll go to its normal three, four, five, uh, million increases every year so at, at the end of this thing uh eight million won't be so uh i guess you'd call it jarring um yeah um <laughs> i think we're all looking at our phones right now but um yeah i think the deal on uh, uh i think thomas is worth you know that amount of money more than Cairo, but Cairo scores goals and um and that's something that you always have to kind of get and um you know something you want to have so uh, uh, that's a big thing. I, you know, Thomas, with what he does with that, you know, away without scoring goals, but setting up plays is invaluable. And if you're going to have a guy set up goals, you might as well have a guy who can score them like Cairo. Well, JT, last year, Robert took a gigantic step and became a really good all-around player and, and really a guy capable of logging a lot more minutes, playing in all situations, a giant step. The bet here is that Jordan Cairo can also take a step this year. This is a, uh, a bet on potential as well as uh, the performance we've seen so far. Yeah. And I, I think uh, Cairo, and he showed that last year, he can be a difference maker on the ice, someone that can, uh, uh, that can take the game over. So I, uh, I, uh, I totally see why, why he got the, uh, you know, I'm not Tom, Thomas is, yeah, he's more of an all around player, but the, there are not many players in the league that, uh, kind of have the uh, the ability to take over games like Cairo has shown and he needs to show it more and he needs to play de- you know better defense but uh uh he he's he's something just ask Minnesota on the uh uh the January 1st game the winter classic yeah and so now we see what this team is going to look like for the next eight seasons uh you know barring uh you know someone totally falling out of favor this is these are the guys this is who the team is built around and you know, Thomas, they have started moving into a leadership role as a, you know, made him briefly an assistant captain last year. Uh, he's going to get more, especially with the guys who are soon to be leaving, who are in that leadership role. Well, and let's talk about, before we get to Traverse City, I think they're going to be able to find a way to keep Ryan O'Reilly, but it has, as the post-dispatch has uh, pointed out in, in many different ways and stltoday.com through the, our, coverage and through the chats 
obviously very challenging. Something's going to have to give besides Vladimir Tarasenko moving on after this contract. So, JT, uh, we know what the puzzle looks like. We know that the pieces do not fit right now for next year. And so it'll be up to Doug Armstrong if he wants to keep uh, his leader to uh, to find a way to make uh, the puzzle a little different. Well, I you know, the first thing that comes to mind, of course, is uh, is Marco Scandella. And just as we sit here, there's there's breaking news. He has undergone hip surgery. And so Tom's concerns about eight defensemen uh, being too many. I, I, I don't think we have to we have to worry about uh, <laughs> about that. But, uh, yes, yeah, Scandella would be be the guy. But that's what, like three and a half million. I think you might need Scandella and more to to make the cap work. The cap is supposed to go up just one million again next year. And, and we're, we're used to seeing Ryan Miller. Uh, who, who's the capologist and assistant general manager and, and Doug Armstrong do, do some magic tricks, but uh, uh, th- this will be something to, to, to make Ryan O'Reilly fit. I, I can see him taking maybe a little bit less, but I, you know, I, I don't know if he's, uh, you know, if he'd be willing to, 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 to take a, a, a massive pay cut. Again, he's a guy like Perron that uh, all indications are he really wants to, to, to be a St. Louis blue really wants to stay here. Of course that, that didn't, uh, all that got, uh, David Perron was a, uh, uh, a first class ticket, I guess, to, uh, to Detroit. Yeah. I, I don't think they can make it work unless they move probably one of those three defensemen making 6.5 million. I think if that happens, then you open up the necessary space, but Falk Krug Pareko right there, that is, um, uh, you know, if they were to move one of them, then they got money to do all sorts of things. But, um, you know, that, that's, that's going to be a tough thing to do. And those are guys that, that they like. So we'll see. You know, Scandella opens up a little window here. And certainly, um, and you wonder if they saw this coming down the road and this is why they, they held on to eight. Um, you know, he could be, they're saying six months, that he could be on LTIR almost all the year. And then, who knows how he comes back, you know, after surgery at that point. Well, it does, uh, it does point to, um, you know, this is Scott Perunovich's chance. Uh, Doug Armstrong, you know, has pointedly referenced his inability to stay on the ice, uh, stay active, avoid injury. But now he gets a chance to be uh, a guy for sure uh, with 70 uh, instead of eight. Uh, this, uh, every opportunity there is there for Perunovich. And if he, if he makes the most of that, opportunity jt well then the obvious guy everybody's going to point to and, and has everybody has been already been pointing to is tory crew yeah yeah uh and there were uh there were rumors that uh uh that armstrong uh w- was shopping or, or at least uh uh seeing if teams might be interested in trading for krug at the uh right around the trade deadline and uh so yeah that's a possibility uh perunovich if he stays healthy, could could step right into that role. I was impressed with how well he played in the playoffs after missing all that time and, and stepping in, especially on the power play. Uh, we all know he needs to be better defensively, but uh, he can make things happen on the uh, on the power play. All right, let's uh, let's go up to uh, Traverse City, where Jim Thomas had a chance to watch the the prospects. And really, JT, um, that was about two guys. And two guys that'll be worth watching going forward. One likely with the Blues. One that's that's got to continue to make strides to get ready for the NHL. But uh, neighbors in Bull Duke uh, show 
in uh, in Traverse City, but we're reminded that the Blues don't have a hell of a lot else, uh, at least uh, not in college, not in Europe. That's uh, <laughs> in terms of prospects. Yeah, and it's uh, that's been the case. I guess the 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 last two years, the last one where you thought, oh wow, look at these guys, was when they had uh, Thomas and Kyrou's last go round, and they had some other guys on that team. But this is kind of a a result of all the trading of draft picks that uh, that Doug Armstrong has done in recent years for for guys like Ryan O'Reilly and, and Braden Shen and, and Justin Falk. Uh, every team, at least the ones where I examine the, the rosters, they have probably twice as many high-end prospects out there on the ice. When they played Columbus, Columbus had like three uh, uh, top 12 picks in the, in the last two drafts. It's it's hard to compete against that top end talent. Plus some teams like Columbus, for some reason, they, they put a lot into the prospects tournament. I mean, they want to go out there and win. Uh, supposedly they practice several days to get, to get ready uh, for it. The, the blues had their guys in, okay, we'll practice for 50 minutes and let's get on a plane and, and go up to Traverse city. So you have all of that, but yeah, you're right. It was, it was about two people. Uh, and uh, Bolduc uh, was not very good at all in the first game, just a lot of kind of standing around, but he, that the next two games he scored in each game and he had a lot of opportunities. Oh my gosh. He probably could have scored four or five more goals, but uh, he had a problem getting the puck on the net uh, in, in the last two games, but you can tell there's something about him when he has his chance to get the puck in the uh, offensive zone. I mean, he just, he just lights up. And I, if nothing else, I think right away, if he gets the opportunity, he can be a, a really good power play uh, guy in the uh, NHL, but yeah, he's almost certainly headed for one more year uh, in the, uh, in the uh, uh, Quebec league neighbors was, he was, he was good to very good the entire time. He scored just one goal, had a couple of assists, had some good offensive, uh, chances but uh my gosh he hits people i was really impressed with how he looked on the on the on the penalty kill and and my goodness the uh P, the pk got a lot a lot, a lot of work that they had a lot of penalties eight in the in the win over uh uh toronto and i thought it was interesting one thing drew banister who's the prospects coach every year but he he, he also coaches springfield in the american league uh he uh he said he he thought neighbors had picked up some speed in the off season and that his separation skills uh, in the neutral zone were noticeable. And then that's always good. And what's a faster game. The, the other thing, and I wrote about it today that was surprising was the sudden appearance and emergence of the Russian goalie who'd just been kind of a name. We'd, we'd not seen him for three years since he was drafted in 2019, Vadim Zarenko. And, and right away, it sounds like, he's going to be the backup goalie in Springfield and not Colton Ellis. Ellis uh, uh, struggled up there in Travers and it looks like maybe Colton Ellis will start in Wooster, the ECHL affiliate, but uh, we'll keep an eye on Vadim Zarenko. He, he, he's, he's uh, suddenly right smack on the, uh, on the, on the, on the blues radar. Yeah. People in the chat ask all the time. Hey, so who's, which of these young guys are, could we see this year? It's like, I don't know that, you know, if they, if you do see them, I don't know that they're making a big contribution. Um, you know, there's some guys that are the most promising guys like Bolduc are still a little bit away. And I guess neighbors still qualifies as a, as a prospect, but he's already been in the NHL. So it's uh, yeah, it's, it's slim pickings, but they have, I think parlayed 
the talent they have into pretty good talent right now on this roster is just what's it going to be uh, a couple of years down the line here. So let's, uh, let's look at training camp. We know that uh, neighbors will be an interesting guy to watch for sure, because he seems like a plug and play guy uh, for the third uh, line. He, everything that he does well are things that the chief really appreciates. So, I mean, he just checks all the boxes that the chief's looking for. And, and I guess the only question will be how much offense can he provide uh, while doing the things that the chief likes. He seems like he fits in well, but otherwise JT, you know, not a ton of mystery uh, with the team heading to camp. Um, some interesting questions that you'll be addressing in the post of dispatch uh, coming up here, but uh, you know, really this is minus Perron. This is team that we're pretty darn familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. Perron and, and, and who so I guess, uh, you know, we'll see what the lines look like, uh, but uh uh, like uh, Tommy pointed out in the chat last week, I mean, we, we may not even know what the lines look like for, for uh, a couple of days, a few days of camp, maybe longer, because they'll be uh, they'll be split up. I mean, there's like a, there'll be like a million uh, blues out there and they split up in the two sections. Actually, there's there's 53. And uh, so, you know, who takes Perron's spot on the O'Reilly line? Uh, the uh, what does that third pairing on defense look like? Well, we've already. And <laughs> one of the answers, because it won't, it's not going to be Scandella uh, with the uh, with the hip surgery. So that'll be uh, uh, either Perunovic or uh, Mikola. Uh, Mikola, by the way, uh, Tom and I saw him out at the uh, at the uh, at camp uh, uh, the other day, not camp, the informal skates. And Jeff, he, he looks like he's grown four inches in the offseason. <laughs> I don't know. He might be seven foot five right right now. Uh, uh so, uh, you know, let, let, let's, we, we need to put Mikola uh, in there, but so the, the defensive thing is, so yeah, you're right. What, what else is there to see? Will neighbors make the club? What does the fourth line uh, look like? But, uh, uh, and uh, you know, you always hope you can get through a camp without, without a bunch of injuries, but we haven't even started camp and now we have Scandella out. I just wonder quickly guys, if Scandella, you know, he was, he's been bothered. He's been, in and out of the lineup last year and even the year before, I wonder if this hip surgery was some kind of nagging thing that had, that had bothered him last season. I wonder if that's the result of, of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, in one thing, if Scandella had been healthy, they were, and they carried eight uh, defensemen into the season, they're only going to have one spare forward. This does open up a spot for a second uh, spare forward. Uh, someone to keep Logan Brown company probably unless that situation rearranges. But yeah, this is not, you know, unless someone really falls on their face in this camp, you know, it, it's going to be tough to, to make in. And maybe this allows with that extra space that Bolduc can come up and play some games at the start of the season before going back down. Um, and that's the one advantage they may get this other than the cap relief they'll get. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it, it potentially is a boring camp. You know, normally you would say, boy, why did a guy wait till right before the season uh, to uh, address the injury? Well, obviously, one, players always try to avoid surgery if humanly possible and try to do rehab instead of surgery, and that's certainly understandable. But in this case, I mean, Scandella was, you know, he was just eating up cap space in a negative way. Uh, wasn't likely to be a big factor unless his play elevated in a positive way. Um what he does, the timing of it gives the team cap relief basically for the season, which gives them the flexibility to handle injuries and maybe even look for something uh, as they go forward. Um, you know, 
given the fact he was unlikely to make a positive impact based on how he played the last we saw him, um, JT, this is probably not the worst thing in the world. Although normally you would say finding out right now that a guy's pro got a problem is normally would be bad in this case, maybe not so much. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, normally this is the time of year. I don't know if they've had their physicals yet. You know, sometimes those are like the day before, but maybe this was a result of I'm, I'm showing up and I'm, I'm go going to get a, uh, uh, going to get a, a, a physical, but uh, uh, yeah, this, I, again, I think most blues fans and, and probably all of us want to see Perunovic and Mikola. They need the, the cheap labor too, to be part of the, uh, uh, to be part of the formula uh going forward but uh again in in the back of uh, uh our minds and, and also doug armstrong's and craig berubis we know organizationally organization wise they don't they don't have a lot of depth on defense we've seen santini we've seen rosen uh you know matt kessel probably needs some more uh seasoning I, i've heard uh armstrong mention uh brady lyle but uh, all those guys right now project is like six seven eight eighth uh, ninth defenseman. I mean, there's, there's nobody that's going to jump forward and you're going to go, wow. Uh, I, here's a top four guy. I think the one guy that has that potential is Leo Loof and we've hardly seen him in the U S uh, he, he had signed a two-year contract with uh, the Liga, the, the Finland men's league for Eels team. And, and he's playing there again. They've already played three regular season games. So we will not see uh, Leo Loof this year. I think Loof has, is a guy that has a potential to be a top four guy. Yeah. This could be good news for Clem Costin because it looked like he was going to be, you know, forced out by Torepchenko. He's going to get a break because Torepchenko's hurt. Torepchenko may be back faster, but now they have a, a spot maybe where they don't need to send Costin back to the minors. And we look at uh, other issues heading into, into this season. Um, talk about the power play and that's that's gonna miss david perron he was the guy that really i think made that thing work uh, you know there's going to be uh between his absence and um you know just trying to trying to see how all the other pieces fit with the revamped coaching staff uh, i'm i'm intrigued by what we might or might not see out of the power play it was so good last year jt it got it they got to such a good place and, and now a facilitator, a shooter, uh, a guy that was just amazing on the power play uh, is gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and just the uh, – I'm also curious to see just the scoring as a whole. But, yeah, first with the power play, yeah, he, he was easily their best guy with that, 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 that one-timer. And, uh, you know, Kairou, I think, will get a lot more time. You know, Brandon Saad, I think, tied for third in goals, and he wasn't even a full-time power play guy. For a while, Barbashev had uh, – knocked uh, sod off the power play unit for maybe, I don't know, a, a quarter of a season. I mean, a pretty big chunk of time where, where sod wasn't even on the, uh, on the ice. Sod is a different kind of power play guy though. He's more kind of a net front. I'm going to, I'm going to get a, a, a greasy goal or a dirty goal up front. Not, not really a guy on the uh, flank. So you have that. And the other thing is we saw nine guys with 20 goals or more Perron leaves. You're like, okay, they still have eight guys, but, are all these guys going to have that kind of year? Is that realistic to, 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 to expect such a scoring output uh, from, from the Blues? So, uh, uh, you know, maybe some guys aren't going to have career years. They had about four or five of those nine guys that had career years. And uh, it's probably not realistic to think anything approaching that is, is going to happen next year. 
No, it's not. Yeah. And so, you know, who, who takes those one-timers? Uh, that's going to be the thing that we're going to have to see how they, do they change, you know, the, the structure of the unit with the different personnel they'll have without Peron? Do they need to run a different kind of play? Um, or can Tarasenko start taking one-timers? <laughs> no, I don't think, I, yeah. I don't think so. If he hasn't done it by now, I don't <laughs> think it's happening. And I know uh, like when he was hurt, Jamie Rivers would, for a while, I don't know if he still does now that he's a radio star, but he would, he would work with the injured players. And he said he worked and worked and worked with Tarasenko on the one-timers, but it's never shown up in games, has it, guys? I, I don't know. He's tried a couple. Just he tried a couple, yeah. and it, yeah. it's, it's not his thing, so it's not his jam. So um, another interesting issue, we know that Jordan Bennington uh, did not need uh, major repairs after his playoff injury. Uh, we saw him at his very best before he got hurt. We also saw him at his worst uh, earlier in the season. Uh, now there's no Vili Husso. Um, boy, you talk about a scenario where, I mean, Grice is a, is a capable backup who's had a nice career, but he's not going to be a guy you count on for a, a heavy workload. It's uh, Jordan Bennington's net, and he's getting paid, and he doesn't have anybody really pushing him. And JT, is he good to go? <laughs> are we uh, are we going to see the the good Jordan Bennington this year? That is the question I think as the season uh, goes on uh, after the Stanley Cup year that three years after that, every, every one of those years, we saw kind of a mid season slump by Bennington and okay. Everybody has uh, ups and downs in hockey and, and in life, but it seems like that mid season slump got a little longer each year from 1920 to 2021. And it seemed like it lasted forever uh, uh, last season. So he's got to try to avoid that as much as possible. And, and Grice, I wasn't, I just kind of said yuck when they, when they signed him, but you look at his numbers until last year, just a model of consistency, you know, under, under 2.8, like 11 of uh, his previous 12 years, uh, like a 905 or better save percentage in, in 11 or 12 years. And then he, he just had the worst year of his career with Detroit. Was that partly a result of uh, Detroit having like the league's, I think it was second worst defense or, He's 36. Has he just like hit the wall? Is he done? So uh, yeah, a, 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 a normal uh, Thomas Grice for say 20, 25, maybe even 30 starts is fine. Unless maybe at 36, he's, he's reached the end and it happens, uh, you know, to everyone in, in, in hockey. I mean, we, what today we've seen Yandel, Chara and uh, PK Subban all retire. So uh Hopefully, uh, Grice still has some tread left on the tires. Yeah, you know, we gotta gotta think back. If Jake Allen doesn't have his midseason slump, we may not have seen Jordan Bennington in the eighteen nineteen season. So, um, midseason slump seemed to be the way to go uh, with the Blues. You know, he's got to he's going to have to play sixty games unless Grice is way more than we expect. If if Grice is playing more than that, um, you know, I, I think there's going to be a serious issue for this Blues season. Well, in order for Jordan to play at his best, this team will have to be better in the defensive zone. And the uh, the defensive core really kind of all over the map uh, last year. Uh, I think Colton Preco was better in the second half, and the numbers illustrated that than he was in the first. Uh, 
but uh, it, it's been, it been you know, Justin Falk's been a revelation. On the other hand, Tory Krug has hasn't had this uh, sustained the high level and good health and productivity that um, they probably hope for. Uh, our guy Nico, I mean, good times, bad times. Um, Prunovich can't stay healthy, so uh, Scandella was a, became a liability at times. So there's an issue that we now probably understand more that he's good having hip surgery. So. You just kind of look at that group and the shuffling that occurred and the ups and downs of production and the injuries and, and in particular getting trapped in their own zone by the better teams and, and struggling with zone exits, which was uh, like Colton Preco really good at defending zone entries and, and plays off the rush, not as good getting, getting at the puck out of the zone uh, without any, uh, any havoc. And that's kind of the story of the blues defense. It's, JT, I mean, I'm going to put a lot on Van Ryan here, but it, it's got to get better. They, they've got to have a, a more consistent, a more coherent play in, uh, from their defensive core. Uh, of course, with help from the forwards, but it's got to get better. Yeah, it, it certainly has. And uh, if Colton Pareko can play the entire season like he did over the second half, you're fine. I mean, hey, he's not Blues fans. He's not going to be Chris Pronger. But if he plays like he did over the second half, uh, they'll be fine. Falk, Falk was fine. Krug. Yeah. The problem with Krug is, uh, he, you know, he, he's missed 15, 20, 25 games. I don't know, like three, four years in a row. I, I think he plays such a, uh, physical game for a smaller guy that, it, that it, uh, it catches up, uh, with him. Uh, Mikola's a guy that the one thing that was holding him back, according to Berube, and I think we all could see it was exactly what you're talking about. The, the, the zone, uh, the zone exit Bortuzzo, you know what you're going to get really good PK, but you know, somewhat limited physical play, but somewhat limited uh, uh, in terms of uh, uh, skating and, and, uh, and, and flash and, and, and stuff like uh, stuff like that. So yeah, uh, uh, it, it, it definitely is, is an issue uh, consistency. I mean, there, there were, there were stretches last year where they, they look really good, just not enough of them. And, and, that is one of Nick Letty's things that he does best is get the puck out of the zone and get the puck into the zone. Uh, the, other, the other times, you know, his numbers aren't so great, but his zone exits and entrances have been pretty good. So if you have Pareko doing that on one line, Letty doing it on uh, another pairing, <laughs> does that, you know, help you in that situation? But, you know, Pareko and Mikola are the two guys, two defensemen who can play defense and the other guys are all going to be offensive guys. And that's going to be the tough part. Well, I do like, you know, we've been promoting the uh, the pairing of the future, Brunovich and our guy, me, and Nico, and, you know, the Mutt and Jeff combination. I mean, they, they looked apart like, okay, this is how it looks on paper. This guy's really good at moving the puck and escaping the zone and and uh, and, make, and making guys miss and getting the puck up the ice. And the other guy's enormous with a huge wingspan, presumably who can, you know, help clean up around the nets and in the corners. On paper, and if they stand next to each other in a picture, JT, I guess that in the modern NHL, that's what it's supposed to look like. But now they got to play. Yeah, now they got to do it. You got you got a big physical guy, and you got a puck mover, and uh, uh, that that's what you want. So uh, uh, we shall see. We shall see. Yeah, uh, is Robert Bortuzzo now the seventh guy? Is he is that the easy call now to make him? You know, there's one guy you got to scratch in this bunch. Is is Bortz going to be the guy? Yeah, I guess it'll be between he and uh, and, and our boy Nico again. I mean, because I, I think if Perugich is healthy, he's got to play because that's your, you know, he's, to me, this team needs him to join Thomas and Cairo because, as you, again, as we look around, 
in terms of guys with real upside in the org that they own anywhere, anywhere, Europe, college, uh, AHL, anywhere. They got like three guys with high skill levels, three or four guys. Bolduc probably counts as that a high skill guy. So that's four. That's it. So there's no choice. He Scott JT Scott Prudovich has to pan out. He's got to stay healthy. The skills there. There's failure's not an option. This team needs Prunovich to be Prunovich. Yeah, and so you you uh, uh, saying that I guess you you put him on the second quarterbacking the second power play unit, and which would bump Falk off. Falk was he was pretty uh, he was pretty uh, effective uh, on that second power play unit. I I don't know. I guess there's no rule against having two D men uh, on the power play, although we don't see that uh, uh, too often. But yeah, uh, I think. Uh, uh, in the, uh, the, the press scrum after the Cairo signing, uh, uh, Dougie Armstrong made it pretty clear. He's, he's not all that interested in, in sending uh, Perunovich to, to Springfield. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe with, maybe with Falk, it helps to, you know, less, less minutes, you know, uh, keep his, keep his numbers in check and get Perunovich some minutes since he's still probably is going to be the most sheltered defenseman they have. And they'll be keeping him away from every defensive zone start, uh, you know, known to mankind. Yeah, another option, you know, with Prawn gone, who's a shooter, maybe there there is a two D man second unit because we know Justin Falk will shoot the puck. <laughs> some guys are going to dust it off. Some guys are going to ponder life's mystery. Some guys are never going to shoot like Brunovich. Just absolutely is just committed to making the pass. Falk, yeah, he'll shoot. So yeah, maybe not, you know, he could yeah. factor in. Yeah, he's not uh, he's not shy about it and you, you i think the blues uh, have too many guys just in general that defer you know defer defer <laughs> uh he usually doesn't defer uh Kairou is not afraid to take a shot and i i know uh i, I think i've seen enough of zachary bolduc he he's not going <laughs> to defer that much he's just give me the puck i will shoot it that's he's he's uh right now he's kind of a one-trick pony but as uh, doug armstrong said it's a hell of a trick yeah, yeah, you don't score the goals that uh, that he scored by uh, by passing or by uh, by waiting uh, for the situation to improve. You act now is the way to get sixty goals. And he, I can only imagine what he'll do in the Quebec League. Uh, you know, continuing to play, uh, given the fact the second half was incredible. So it'll be fun to watch, see what he can do. It'll be fun to watch the Blues back on the ice. Here on the net front, we'll be back next week after having a chance to see our heroes uh, get out there and mix it up and uh, different combinations. See if, if our dire assessment of the prospect pool is uh, any more sunny in a week than it is today. But uh, for now, for Jim Thomas, for Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been the net front presence. Until next time, see ya.